Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Listen, you are in for a fucking treat today. I just need to say up front that this may be my favorite episode ever. Sounds enticing, right? Well, that is because my guest today is actress, singer, reality star, activist, and undeniable superstar Peppermint, who spoke to me about her spark, about our shared spark, Janet Jackson's earth-shattering, career-defining, all-time classic, non-stop, banger-fest, self-titled fifth album. Now, I've had a lot of fun with a lot of guests over the course of my illustrious podcasting career, but this was something really special. From the moment we met, I could tell that Peppermint and I were on the same wavelength and that our conversation was going to be fun, but I did not know the half of it. Um, we're both Janet mega fans, Stanets, Janimals, whatever. We both love her. And it was so joyful and just like relaxing to spend some time with someone who I can fully nerd out with about Janet's music and especially about this album. So loved, loved, loved having Peppermint on the show. I know I overuse the same adjectives like funny and smart and thoughtful when I talk about my favorite guests, but she is so smart and funny and thoughtful. What can I say? Okay, uh, I'm going to stop myself so you can just listen to the thing instead of listening to me gush about it. So here it comes. Um, but first... Quick Peppermint Facts. A longtime key figure in queer nightlife, actress and singer Peppermint regularly performs to sold-out crowds around the world. She has released six albums, competed as the first out trans contestant to be cast on RuPaul's Drag Race in season nine, where she finished as runner-up, and then became the first trans woman to originate a principal musical role on Broadway in the hit Head Over Heels. Recent projects include her 2023 stand-up comedy special Peppermint Society Effects and roles in TV and film projects like the Netflix series Survival of the Thickest, the movie Fire Island, Amazon's Harlem, and Ryan Murphy's Emmy Award-winning series Pose. 
You can catch Peppermint in the new season of Peacock's hit series, The Traders, starting this Friday, January 12th. Quick Janet facts. Janet is the fifth solo album by singer Janet Jackson. An R&B record, Janet incorporated pop, hip-hop, soul, funk, rock, house, jazz, and opera. Lyrically, the theme of Janet is sexual intimacy and abrupt departure from her conservative image. In the U.S., Janet became the singer's third consecutive album to top the Billboard 200 and her first to debut at number one. It's certified six times platinum in the United States and has sold an estimated 14 million copies worldwide. Janet remains one of only seven albums in history to produce six top 10 hits on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. And there you have it. Get ready for the time of your life. Here comes my chat with Peppermint about Janet. Well, before we get started, I just feel like, full disclosure, this album is my world, my sun, my moon, my stars. So that's the vibe here. Uh, Now, with that out of the way, these conversations always start with your origin story with whatever we're talking about. So thinking back, can you remember hearing this album for the first time or being introduced to it or any of that stuff. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I can remember a time and a place. It wasn't so much, I mean, I wish I had the story of like, I was just minding my own business and then (laughs) this miraculous thing popped into my life and it changed me forever. The latter is true, but I was already a Janet super fan. I loved her, the album prior, which was Rhythm Nation. I knew all the choreography to everything. I had all the extras, the behind the scenes. I had the merchandise. I I had it all. And I was like ready for, you know, because most... Back then, especially artists would put out an album every few years. And so it was about time for her to put out a new album. And then in the middle of that, there was um, an announcement. I remember I was watching Entertainment Tonight, of all things, and they were saying that Janet was going to be starring in a new movie with Tupac Shakur. And they were making fun of her. This was before there were any clips. There was no trailer. This was just like a, a teaser, you know, sort of blind, not blind item, but like gossip. And they were saying that, oh, you know, she's a hairdresser who has this relationship and goes on this adventure. And they were like, imagine that a hairdresser with a jerry curl, because they they were still had this idea of Janet from the 80s. And I was like, she hasn't had a jerry curl since the 80s, y'all. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so I was like waiting with bated breath. And of course, the first single, um, the first unofficial single from uh, the album, which was on the Poetic Justice soundtrack was again. And I was like, oh my God. So that was my first taste of what was happening with Janet and and getting ready for the um the film and and everything. Of course, again, had no, there was no images out. There was no video at the point at the at the time. It was just the out the soundtrack. And then the first little teaser I got visually of Janet was a very rare commercial <laughs> that was like between programs and obviously it's a commercial some kind of like teaser for Janet's new video and it they didn't even talk about what the song was going to be it was like hey I'm Janet Jackson it was very it was as if the kids or gremlins got a hold of a video camera and it was with she she was just like there with the family she's like it's me Janet I got some new music coming out I'm here with the kids she called them the kids the dancers 
And it was, you know, she was introducing all her dancers by name, which artists don't do that anymore. And rarely did. Of course, J-Lo was one of those dancers. Mm-hmm. And it was just her and her rapport with these dancers. Of course, it was get preceding the That's the Way Love Goes music video. So it was obviously filmed on the set of That's the Way Love Goes, which looked like it was in her house. Anyway, I'm talking a lot about this. <laughs> this is the good stuff. This is carry on as you Have are. Have you seen that? Have you seen that clip? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Um, and it, it really highlighted the relationship between she, Janet, and the dancers and sort of all the different personalities that they had. And I could not wait for this video. I was like, what is this video going to be? I thought it was going to be this huge dance video. She's introducing dancers. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to do it again. And, you know, obviously what we got was a, a lot more mellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I loved right? because it was introducing a new Janet, you know, a new sexy vibe. Yeah. And I was just reading, I mean, I, I, I kind of knew this, but being reminded of like the internal discussions going on between Janet and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis about, you know, which single should be the lead single and that it was supposed to be if, mm-hmm. and then Chuck D getting involved and being like, oh, that's a good song. It sounds like Janet. And they're like, see, it's gonna, it is a continuation of Rhythm Nation. Do we want that? Do we want, I, like, we want to announce a new era. We want to show people that, you know, she's moving into a new phase of her career. And it was so smart. It was genius. Mm. And like, obviously, if, then, coming after that was like blah, just like mind-blowing this whole it was like oh. a, a smack in the a, it's like she kicked us in the face seriously <laughs> with some of the most iconic dance music video imagery and and dance choreography that still exists i think i mean you know i anybody that's a like does jazz or hip-hop dance um Today, even if they're only in their 20s and they're young, whenever I, because I work a lot with dancers, whenever I encounter, I'll like, I have just, all I have to do is see them do is like one or two things, whatever they're going to do. And up, oh, that's from, that's a, literally not only something that we've seen Janet do, but like that is literally a move in if. And, you know, of course, there's nothing new under the sun. Human bodies can only move in so many different ways, uh, and everything's are, everything's cyclical. But that being said, the choreography that Tina Landon and Seanette Heard and all the other people that contributed, you know, that we may or may not know how much they contributed to the choreography in that piece or on that album, it's iconic. It is just iconic because it was created in a time when music video dancing was really being solidified as something that people could learn on their own. Like we went from Michael Jackson to like, okay, that's Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson, nobody else is Michael Jackson. Like we're going to watch him and people could pick up some of his moves, but we weren't seeing people like getting like getting the choreography. People could understand like the moonwalk and thriller was obviously extremely iconic choreography. But besides that, there there wasn't a lot of dance moves that like you would just pick up from the video that is e- you know that easily that were that complex. And like if is an entire dance piece. Um and it was extremely erotic for for the time that it came out in. I read some fucking idiot did uh like you know little one paragraph reviews of all of her albums and you know recently or back then last 10 years so this is like a retrospective thing um and okay like five stars for control five stars for rhythm nation four stars for janet and like 
yeah, she's just trying to be all sexy and it just comes off. It's like really cringy and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It is like this moment for her (laughs) where she is so like coming into her own. She is really fully exploring her sexuality, talking about it and feeling comfortable with it when she had grown up with these notoriously or a notoriously repressive father who wanted to control every single aspect of her life and was wanting her to not be sexual in any way. And this whole album is just like the sexiest fucking thing ever. The lyrics that she wrote, the way she is talking about sex is just like so full on and just no holds barred. And the the way it's like, it's so perfect. It's such a perfect encapsulation of what those feelings are. Ugh. I can listen to this album straight through. Not that I wouldn't do that with a Janet album, but like I do think that there was something sort of formulaic in Janet's style, not only from the music, the the way that Jimmy Jam, you know, I was I was doing a song of my own and the songwriter, I was like, oh, can we go like a little bit like this? And he was like, Oh, you mean like a Jam and Lewis major fourth? Like <laughs> that, like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and but not only the way that the songs are created and 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 um you know sort of constructed but then also the format and how like she you know she has a lot of interludes between you know historically has had a lot of interludes between her albums or songs in the album and it kind of lays out a story and a journey and from that moment you can tell that she's in its pillow talk you know from the all the way through the album from the from the very first interlude called morning i think mm-hmm. where you know she is telling us about, you know, we had the kind of night where morning comes too soon. We use the light from the flickering candle across the room to make the kind of shadows that only one thing could make love. It kills me. That is like so poetic and so beautiful. And it's not just about sex, Mm. you know? Um, And so I, obviously I disagree with whoever that person was. It sounds like they were more favoring, you know, obviously Rhythm Nation was so, for the most part, although it had like some sexy moments, someday is tonight, like is extremely, like she's basically like masturbating on, on, tape um i i know that there's like some sexy moments both uh control and uh, rhythm nation have like a sexy song or a sex song um but you know like rhythm nation was just so stern and very it was like very like a gender very devoid of like any sexual feelings and obviously it was very social political you know uh commentary uh so we've like i don't the first time i ever saw janet's stomach was for the, not to get off topic, but was for um, uh, Love Will Never Do Without You video, which was like basically filmed a lot closer to the Janet era, the Janet album era than it was to the rest of the other stuff on on Rhythm Nation. And so that was like really a precursor to let us know that this sexiness was coming, like, you know, something simple in jeans, Herb Ritz, wonderful uh, director and photographer. But yeah, I, I disagree with that person. And in fact, you know, it, if that person were able to take themselves back to 1993, maybe 1992, when this was probably being written and then released in 1993, we were just getting into an, an era where we were like, we were forced to talk about sex in a new way because of a- the AIDS and HIV epidemic. And people had been so guarded and so n- non-sexual. And we were also coming out of, you know, we were 1992, we were coming out of the Reagan era into Clinton, uh, or sorry, Bush into Clinton, where it was a uh, Republican, you know, uh, administration into Clinton, which we know lots of things were going on with him. Um, and we were, we were, we were trying to be open about open and in touch with our sexuality um, in a way that wasn't 
seen as a death sentence and figuring that out took some time throughout the 90s. But I do think music played a big part in that. And if music played a part in us sort of reconnecting with our sensuality through dance moves, through through listening to music and through writing lyrics and things like that, then the Janet album definitely uh, contributed to that because we were watching someone who was a super is a superstar, but definitely was one of the part of the biggest musical family in American history to go from being a teenager who was like not very sex, not expressing her sexuality to young adulthood where she obviously was young adulthood. She was like definitely an adult by that time, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was straight up 30, but yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also that kind of stuff about like, uh, the AIDS epidemic and the way that sex felt for queer people at that time is not separate to what Janet was doing. And she is, it like, it makes me want to cry. She's so like, Ally doesn't cover it. The way that she feels about queer people, the way that she expresses her love and admiration for queer people and that reciprocal joy that, that comes between, you know, our community and her is so... I, I think th- this album, especially, this was the beginning of that being really overt in her work. And that just makes it so special to me, too, that it wasn't like I'm expressing my sexuality and it's something for you to watch passively. It's like, and I want everybody to express their sexuality and be safe and be joyful. It was definitely an open invitation. And it was as if she was communicating that this is a, well, I don't want to say free zone because that's literally a song on the next album. But like, <laughs> this is this is, this is a, a call to action for people to come in and, 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 and participate and, and be, express their sexuality sexuality and everything about themselves. And you should know if you're going to come into this area that like everybody else is uh, is invited as well. And there really wasn't anything about just short of her expressing her own personal experiences. There was nothing about a song about sex that communicated that it has to be quote heterosexual sex, Mm. that it has to be male and female or cisgender sex. Like it was like you're saying, it was just open. This is for everybody to experience and participate with in, which was beautiful because it really allowed me as a young queer person to be the camp counselor that taught the if choreography to everybody in the dance class. And it wasn't like, this is only for the straights, this is only for the gays, or you're gay if you're doing this, or you're this if you're that. It was just like, here we are, this is sexy, and we're all here. And I do think that, you know, she and definitely Madonna um, were two pop stars that were able to sort of overtly, but then also in a really sort of natural and non-performative way, be inclusive, you know, and and that felt, I mean, that maybe that's part of the reason why I was so drawn to both of those ladies, but definitely Janet in the way that I was. Yeah. Yeah. And that feeling of authenticity and knowing that both of those women are surrounded by queer people, not by chance, but by design and have, you know, queer family are, are, are immersed in the community and the culture. And yeah, really expressing that and making it this huge part of the work that they do is fucking incredible. Anyway, the point is the music, um, which another, I mean, I don't want to harp on about this dickhead, but in that same article, who is this? What is their name? You can bleep it out. He writes for the guardian. Okay. So he's, they're queer probably. No, no, that's part, maybe part of the problem. And he was saying something like he's usually, smart and has good opinions about things like he isn't you know snooty about 
popular music, any of that stuff. But he also was saying like, oh, it's an uneven album and it's all over the place. And tonally, it just shifts all the time. And it's like, you're saying that that's a negative? Like, this is 75 minutes of music and it the the scope of it is so huge and the roller coaster of emotions and tempos and whatever is like this person is so young i don't mean to cut you off no. but that really incenses me because we were not only dealing with the aids epidemic we were literally literally coming off of rodney king and really wild race relations right and so that's where the the talk song with chuck d comes into play we were coming in and not to mention she had just um you know, done poetic justice, which was she credits as being a, a sort of an awakening, both sexual and social for her. And so this album did, it didn't have to address all the things that it did. But like in the grand fashion of Janet, she does address love and sex. She addresses the social situations that that we're in as a, as a country. And, and it is the 90s. The 90s, I mean, I was born in the 70s, but I have to tell you the 90s were like, if I could sit and watch, I'd say the most intersectional decade for music was the 90s. Hip hop was literally merging with heavy metal. Mm. And, you know, every white girl who had been known for just like pop, fluffy pop, was suddenly having a hip hop beat, Madonna. Behind them, you like, people were like, there's no such thing. Like 90s, if there was ever a time to have an album that felt like it was like really eclectic in terms of musical styles and genres, it was the 90s. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, but I agree wholeheartedly. And it was like listening to this album for the first time. It is, like you said, it's an album that I can listen to the whole way through without, there's like no skips for me. I, you know, I love- Not a single one. The whole thing start to finish. But going through it and listening, I was like, I cannot believe that all of these songs are on one album. Like this is, this is crazy. This is like a greatest hits. And- getting like stuff like throb oh my god which i could talk about for days <laughs> and at that time you know t two of the pillars of my musical life were r&b and house house music and it's like the f I, like I, she did that on on snl and you tell me you don't don't tell me about that <laughs> 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 I know. Did you? And they they also released. Re released. I watched a. Not to cut you off. I'm mm -mm. so sorry. <laughs> no, no. I watched. Uh, of course, I taped that SNL and like recorded the entire performance and learned all the choreography and the like um, Jean Paul Gaultier fashions that were all going along with it. But then also, I was watching like VH1 or something during the day. I was home from school, from high school, and saw. A, another real a Janet Throb SNL performance as performed on SNL, like on VH1 or some video, some somehow the video was playing on something. And it was like a different take. Mm. It was like the rehearsal take or something, or like, I don't know why, but it, I could tell, like somebody, one dancer was wearing something different. I was like, that's what's going on. And so like, I was, I consumed that. And it sucks that SNL, I can't say it sucks. They've got their reasons. Um, it, certainly it's money. It's a shame that SNL guards their, um, content. Um, and up until a couple of years ago, wasn't really releasing a lot of their perform their musical performances anywhere for you to see until very recently they started doing that. Um, and Janet Throb is one of those that they haven't really re released yet. Um, so you can see it, but like in like other, like sort of like second, not really like a YouTube moment, um, in high quality. 
it's a shame because like these are some great performances, uh, especially those early '90s performances where these the the music was so great in the early '90s. Anyway, Throb, brilliant song, bringing the reality of like a queer house dance floor to which like was like preceding a little bit, you know. Our preceding or our introduction would be our foray into also the world of ballroom later on. I just think that that was beautiful. Throb. Mm, yeah. Just and talk about sexy. Um, I And that SNL performance to me, I think at the time, you know, the 90s were very formative years for me. I, you know, I was a teenager. It's like when I was figuring my shit out and really solidifying my taste and, you know, developing taste that's outside of my parents and my sisters and whatever. Mm -hmm. And because it was the 90s and we didn't have the internet and there were very few places where you could watch, you know, videos, but even more so watch live performances of the artists that you love. And seeing her choose that song to do on SNL. On SNL. It was like... I, like she's speaking to me like she knows exactly what I want she knows exactly what's in my brain and she is giving it to me yeah 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 it was it was uh it was masterful it was such a well-done performance and there was just something it was just so and it was almost like it was it was also a dance battle right um the the actual performance of the piece on SNL was a dance battle essentially um which i had never really seen that kind of thing happen i guess in the 80s we've certainly seen like with break dancing we'd seen that that dynamic between dancers were like they go we go and then we like are like who who's doing it better um but like to see that in a, like a, like a mainstream music setting on an SNL felt very much like we're seeing what happens on the streets or in the clubs mm. like that's literally what we're seeing and if you're not of age to go into the clubs this is what that is time for a quick break cuz somebody's got to keep the lights on around here but we'll be right back Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And knowing that Janet would like, you know, reportedly like go to the clubs to choose to pick her dancers. Of course, it makes sense. This is probably what some of them were doing. I had a chance to listen to. I don't know how you feel about mentioning other shows on your on your show. But there's another show that uh, is by a Canadian cr content creator who uh, is obviously a very big Janet fan. And um, interviews all of her dancers, wow. past, present and future. You should check it out. It's wonderful because that's where you can get some like real behind the scenes tea about like what was going on, what, you know, all that. Yeah. What's it called? Okay. It's called the Kelly Alexander show. Hmm. Um, and it's, she, she now has a second show with Tina Landon. Oh, wow. Who was Janet's choreographer yeah. uh, for many years. Um, and, and, but she's done, she's literally, she's interviewed every single person that stands for Janet that's still able to be interviewed and um and then now she and tina have a show that's over on their patreon but they do put clips out on social media but the kelly alexander show which was um 
really up and pumping during the pandemic. That's I think that was when it was new. And her like directive was like, I'm going to interview every single Janet dancer and get all the. And then she interviewed Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, she interviewed like everyone. Um, so you get some real behind the scenes tea, and they talk about like the when they first met Janet, when how they got found. Some of them were actually in the club, and Janet, what you know, like they tell that story. Some of them were at auditions, obviously. The, and speaking of great content, there's the another show. I'll tell it. Uh, it's not a show. There's a um, a series by um, somebody named John Cameron who. Uh, I guess, um, analyzes music, the musical attributes of albums. And so he did Janet, Jam, and Lewis, deconstructing 30 years of music. And so he goes through all the albums, but um, Janet is a big one. He's got two pieces on on the Janet album, and somehow he got a hold of what we, what we call stems, the actual, um, like, ingredients of a song that are separate tracks that are put together to make a whole song. Um, So like just the drums, just the cymbals, just the vocals, just the things. And so he got a chance when he said, when he, when this is called deconstructing, he deconstructs it and we hear things that we wouldn't hear in the mix. And he, and then he interviews Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on why they chose that instrument. Why, why, what was going on in the studio that day for the, it is, that's all I got to say. I yeah I have to I have to get into that I like I grew up in the Twin Cities as well so Jimmy Jam and Terry mm. Lewis are very like you know hometown pride like anything involving mm-hmm. them or Prince or any of that is just like makes me feel like oh yes and the fact I mean the fact that all of these amazing Janet albums were recorded in suburban Minneapolis it was always like listening to Escapade and when she goes Minneapolis I'm just like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had like no connection to to Minneapolis uh other than all of this great music was coming out of there, right? And so, uh, you know, the dance capital of the world apparently. Mm. <laughs> and um and yeah, Morris Day and the Time mm. Prince, um, you know, all all of them, all the greats, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Minneapolis sound. The the best. Like, yeah, incredible. Um I I think anybody who has even the vaguest idea of your work, who's seen anything you do, understands that there's a pretty clear link there between (laughs) you and Janet. But I guess uh, for people who don't know, or maybe there are ways that you feel connected to this music that you have not, you know, presented to the world. But just thinking about like the impact of this album on your life, and, you know, the way we've talked about, you know, the way it's kind of moved you um, emotionally. But, you know, are there things that you've picked up on that, uh, you know, influences, whether that's in your life as a whole or in your career that that feel like there's that direct line to this album? I mean, outside of the incredible If video that you did that I can't stop watching. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I can't stop. Can't stop watching it. So I yeah, I mean, Janet is a massive influence. It's quite referential at this point, for sure. I think anybody that watches any of the video content that I've created can see that Um, everything from hairstyle choices to uh, music video, the way I film my music videos to, you know, using as a model, like I mentioned, the relationship that Janet has to her dancers. It's, you know, I think it's a good thing to treat people well and keep a good family and which is like, think a good thing and i'm sure that that's something i know that that's something at least at the time that madonna was doing um and janet was doing at the same time and i I picked up on that 
I guess the blueprint was sort of set for me very early with Janet in terms of like, oh, this is a pop diva. She's got these brilliant dancers around her that she cares for as they're their family and they're all very individual and eclectic. Um, And so that's what I'm going to do when I'm 30, when I'm 40, but also like when I was like 13, because then when I had a, I formed a dance group troupe (laughs) called Colorblind, where all we did was Janet songs in Colorblind. We made a, I was like, we have the group, we'll get together. I, I want to put it together and like have these individual like pers- personalities that are very clear and distinct and strong. So we did, we did all the Janet. And we even had, I had gone and seen the Janet concert with my mom. That was the first Janet Jackson concert that I'd seen and the first like major concert that I'd seen. And the program for the Janet concert, for the Janet concert for the Janet album was this sort of sepia tone, black and white, but like warm black and white. Um, I don't remember who the photographer was. I think it's a famous, it's, it might've been Anne Leibovitz. I don't remember. Some photo- famous photographer did the program and the program was like, it's not a typical program. It's not like, this is the show you're going to see and these are the songs. It was like, these are the pieces of the costume. These are how the costumes were created. Here's like snip little clips of like the fabric snippings and here's each dancer and this is what where they're from and what they like to do and really lets you know about like who everyone is in the band and the dancers and the thing. And everybody had a picture. It was like a big playbill, but like way more editorial and so like i was like that's what we're gonna do for my dance troupe and like i got together got black and white film because back in the day you had to get black and white film for your camera and took the pictures of the dancers laying in the grass and just like (laughs) it's weird pictures to kind of emulate the vibe that janet had and then we i took it to kinko's copies (laughs) and got um, the book ba- printed and bound. I got one copy made. I may have got two copies. And I was like, here's our program. I don't know. I just kept it. But so yeah, Janet was an influence as minute as that, like down to that little minutia. But then all the way up into um, when I was recording music, my f- first two albums, the first three albums really all have and probably will continue to have a sort of Janet sensibility when it comes to the sort of balance of the types of songs that are on there, but then also the the interlude moments that really help sell and tell the story, you know, and you can tell a story. I mean, I know that there's a, there's an argument for interludes literally just being wacky outtakes of stupid stuff that like make you laugh and sort of are a departure from those things. But then there's also the idea that like it's sort of a narration and it takes you beat by beat through the story between the songs um, to sort of tie them all together. And so so that is for sure how Janet has influenced me. And then as like obvious as like you mentioned, some of the, the content that I've created, I've literally done some Janet remakes uh, of d- video tributes, I should say, where we um, try our best to emulate uh, the original feel of some of the songs that she, uh, vid- music videos that she put out, Rhythm Nation and If. I did one on my own for Every Time um, from the Velvet Rope album. And we're about to do another Velvet Rope song um, together again out in the desert. And so, you know, it's Janet all day long with me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. That is going to be so good. Yeah. Just like what you were saying about her relationships uh, relationships with her dancers. I I think that's still happening now. Like I I saw her a couple months ago and I didn't get a chance to see her. So mad. I don't want to rub salt in the wounds, but I don't want to hear God, you are already. But go ahead. How great was it? You can gloat on her. <laughs> I had a little meet and greet. Oh, I'm going to kill you! <laughs> are you lying to my soul? I went out of my body like she touched me. What am I going to do? 
<sighs> it was like nine seconds, but it was <laughs> just. It's it, that, that's nine minutes to me. It, yeah. I my Janet meet and greet. I've told this story before. It wasn't really a meet and greet. My mom took me to the Janet concert. And because I had watched, because I consume every single thing that there is to consume, and they used to do a lot of promotion um, in partnership with like MTV and all these different uh, groups or channels and platforms around albums. So Janet's Janet's tour was sponsored by MTV uh, for the Janet album. And so they had specials all all summer long about Janet. And they would go to her shows. They went to her her concert several times and interviewed there and showed footage. And so the, the special, the kickoff special, which I think, no, it might have been in Detroit. If it wasn't, it was either Minneapolis or Detroit. Some Midwest places where it kicked off. And I'll never forget uh, John... John Norris and Bill Bellamy were the anchors that were like volleying back and forth and um, doing interviewing Janet and like pre-interviews with Janet and then showing clips and musical selections. So they did it like three or four musical selections that they showed. I didn't realize they edited them into their own for their own show, which they showed later, it wasn't like a live broadcast. They they rearranged them. So they they played with Janet's playlist. And I didn't know that. And so when after Rhythm Nation, I was like, Mom, we need to leave because the show's over. And and she, I was like, Mom, I think it's over. She's like, okay, let's beat the, the crowd. Let's go. And then we're out there. And then I hear all this screaming and hollering and more music comes on. And she um, did this time from the album and I was like, mom, it's still going. So we ran back in and we watched the rest of the thing. So then this time when it was over, we were a little discombobulated. Cause I was like, are you sure it's over? Let's not go. Let's wait. So we hung for a minute. Cause I was like, it might not be over. Like I was like terrified that it might not be over. Right. And so we ended up leaving. So the crowd had mostly left and I was like, okay, the crowd's gone. It's over. And we went out into the parking lot. We were like, it was like, thriller we're like suddenly by ourselves in the parking lot and we're crossing this is in philadelphia we're crossing with the street or whatever in the parking lot and i like run out into the thing because it seems like nothing all of a sudden a a tour bus comes up and like nearly hits me like i was that i was like this close to the tour bus and you know the way the tour way that a lot of tour buses are like built it's like it has a flat front and the driver is like right up against the window and you can kind of see into the bus and there was a curtain and I was like oh my god and my mom was like oh like you know that whole moment like my baby's gonna get killed and she collects me back and the tour bus doesn't go and we're looking and then the wind the driver says something and the wind the curtain opens and somebody sticks her little head out. It's Janet. Stuck her head out. And I was like, oh my God. And then the door, people were like, it's Janet. And like people like zombies running from every crevice of the, like coming out from under the thing. We're like, is that Janet? And they ran through and like pushed us out of the way. And she opened the door and started signing autographs in the thing. And I couldn't not, I was like, I was young. I, that was too much. Like I, I was getting trampled. So like my mom was like, we're leaving. But I was watching her meet and greet these people. And I don't think I was the, I think I would have just do- like spontaneously combusted. I didn't <laughs> yeah. have the co- the confidence or the anything to ask for anything. I was just like, yeah. And then my mom was like, let's go. And she waved though. I was the first person she waved at because she almost hit me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the least she can do. Yeah. <laughs> Are you alive? Okay, bye. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and the show she did like some forty songs or something, and is just flawless. And you know, 
doing all of the choreography exactly as she's always done it. And that was the thing I was going to say, like the relationship with her dancers, the way that she's like, it, it, it is a performance that she is at the center of, but she isn't saying it's all about me and these other people don't matter. It's like she's with a group of people. They're moving as one unit and it's spectacular. Yeah. And I, I think that's a masterclass in how to put together. I mean, at one point it was the, uh, no, R- Rhythm Nation was the highest grossing, I think, tour uh, at the time of like female um, artists. I think, um, but I, Janet was like way up there. I don't remember. I don't have the stats on that, but um, it was just a brilliant show. And I, and, and so, God, now wait, I mean, th- is this, this is edited, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go sh- get something to show you. Okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. One moment, darling. I think you're going to appreciate it. <laughs> okay. I am ready. I am ready. So um, I have the program that I want to show you from the Janet concert. You probably already have it, but. I still have my program from when I was the youngster. My mom got me the program here. Oh my God. Um, from the Janet concert. And that's all we could afford. <laughs> uh, Cause these things were pricey. Mm. So there's the program from the Janet concert. Oh. And so had that and I loved that, whatever. It's great. It's beautiful stuff. Um, some of this photography ended up being like the, cover art for uh like for the i think the because of love music video or not music video single Mm -hmm. and so there's the program great lovely beautiful and i wanted um of course i like i peeped out every aspect of her costuming and everything both in the tour but then also in the music videos and at the counter there was some janet jewelry and i the janet jewelry i guess tour jewelry had been on sale for the rhythm nation concert at a store called um, hot topic, which I'm, you probably remember. Iconic, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're still around. And so I got like, yeah, they're still around. I got the, I, to my surprise, I went, I was somewhere in the Midwest and was like, hot topic. And I was able to get her, uh, like, tour her key earrings that she fam- famously wore on her ear. Amazing. And the like Rhythm Nation, like, pendant, which is like the 1814 on there. Um, and so I was able to get that as a teenager um, from, um, hot topic. Anyway, I got it, but we weren't able to afford her necklace at the Janet concert, which was looked like shells, very like mm-hmm. south, um, um, southwestern um, native jewelry, and um, and so I wanted to get it. And so a couple of years ago, I was searching online, searching online, searching online for it for the tour version, which was like a replica of the one that she wore in her music videos. In digging, I found the creator, like the living, breathing creator of the jewelry, Mary Hancock, Mary and Doug Hancock from Mummy's Bundle. And they, I was able to discover a whole bunch of beautiful, beautiful uh, jewelry that they created. A lot of it looked like the stuff that Janet was wearing back at the time on the tour and then also in the If music video and in the That's the Way Love Goes music video. So I asked her, like, do you have anything? She's like, let me see if I can make something. I really enjoyed making jewelry for Janet. Um, She didn't have anything. And it was beautiful that we were able to talk because she was able to give me some detail about some of the stuff that she had done. Uh, So I was on a, like mission to find jewelry created by her because i was like if she created this like bone necklace for janet there's got to be more out there so let me scour the internet so i did and i was able to find janet's 
choker that she wears in the video for That's the Way Love Goes. Oh my God. And created by Mary and Doug Hancock. Here's the little like certificate of authenticity. Mm. Uh, And it turns out it's not bone. It's made of, it's these shells. It's Mm. like a type of seashell. Anyway, this is like way too much of a deep cut. But then later on, I was so obsessed. I was later on able to find the replica version that was sold at the concert that I was never able to afford. And this is made of plastic, but it looks very much very similar. And it's, you know, has the same kind of thing, Uh, cheaper, um, sort of uh, materials made. But yeah, you know, it probably would be cultural appropriation for me to wear this today. But it's just, I I almost never break this out. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, just. Incredible. Okay, I've passed the point of obsession. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take this into a whole nother realm. I'm with you. This is is a safe (laughs) space for obsessive Janet thoughts. So... Oh my goodness. Um, I cannot explain to you how much of a true joy this experience has been. I have loved every single minute of talking to you with uh, talking with you about this stuff. Um, it's so fun to be able to just like nerd out with other Janet fans. So I, I am words cannot express how appreciative I am. <laughs> Well, likewise, I feel the exact same way. So anytime you want to have a Janet conversation, let me know. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for making time for me. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. This has been so wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot. That was so fucking good. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Peppermint for hanging out with me. I never repeat guests on this show, but I will make an exception for her any time. Please make sure to watch her on The Traders, which starts January 12th on Peacock, and she will surely be the best part of it. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. Um, continuing my Oscar contender watching streak. I saw American Fiction, and it is so great. It stars Jeffrey Wright as a novelist professor who is frustrated with his lack of success, and he writes an over-the-top novel full of exaggerated black stereotypes out of spite. And then the novel becomes a huge success. Um, it is so funny and sweet and touching and everything. Just great. So great cast, great acting. Loved it. So add that to your watch list. Okay? Lovely. And that's about it for this week. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts because, as you know, it really helps me out. And until next time, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.